How should I read and study the Bible? This is the Deep Questions Podcast, and I'm your host, Chase Thompson, a pastor and writer in Salinas, California, and today we're talking about a pretty fundamental and yet really underemphasized question. How should we even read the Bible? How should we study the Bible? Well, before we get too far into that topic, allow me to remind you again and make a plug for a conference our church, which is Valley Baptist Church in Salinas, California, where I pastor, is having June 24th through 26th of this year. It's called the Reasons to Believe Conference, and it features Dr. Mike Lacona, who is an author and college professor and YouTuber who uh, has debated with various uh, prominent atheists and uh, basically enemies and critics of Christianity and has also wrote uh, written multiple books on the resurrection of Jesus and on reasons to believe. And he's a great speaker. He's a really engaging guy. And we're having him, uh, like I said, June 24th through 26th at our church. If you would like to sign up for that, all you got to do is jump on over to our podcast webpage, which is deepquestionspod.com. All one word, no spaces, deepquestionspod.com. Come over to the post for uh, this entry, and you should see a link there to sign up on Eventbrite to come to that conference. And you know what? While you're here, Marie, uh, Monterey, Salinas, it's a great place. We're only a few miles from the beach. You can go visit Big Sur. You can go visit Santa Cruz. All of that is close by. It's an amazing place to visit. So maybe plan a vacation around coming and hearing Dr. Lacona speak. Today, we are launching a new well, let's call it a feature. This pod is called the Deep Questions Podcast because we hope to tackle some of the deepest questions that we all have. Sometimes, though, we will have some episodes that don't go quite as deep as others. Maybe they'll be a little bit shorter and shallower episodes that still cover topics that are really important. We'll call these the shallow questions episodes because we'll mostly stay out of the deepest ends of the pool, metaphorically speaking. And today is one of those days, somewhere between a deep question and a shallow question. This will be kind of a middle part of the pool. Maybe you're around six feet of water or so. And the question we're going to tackle today is, it's going to seem elementary, but I think actually we're going to approach it from a direction you might not have thought of before. How should the Bible best be studied? How should you read your Bible throughout the year? Given people's finite time and schedules, what is the best way for you and I to consume God's Word in a year? Should we simply read the Bible cover to cover? Should we adopt a reading plan that somehow, some way, takes us through the whole entire Bible in a year? You know, maybe chronologically, maybe topically, something like that. Or should we just read a chapter a day in a random book of the Bible? That's important questions. And it's one of the top questions I get from new Christians and young questions. They'll say, you know, hey, Pastor Chase, how do you study the Bible? How, how, where, where should I start with this thing? Well, I'm grappling with this question as somebody who has been in ministry for over 25 years and somebody who has pastored churches for the past uh, 14 or 15 years and is currently pastoring now. I eagerly desire that all of our church members would daily be in God's Word, and myself included. We need it. We need to be reading it, thinking about it, memorizing it, meditating on it, and obeying it. But I find that there often isn't enough practical teaching in the church that focuses on helping new Christians, and you know what, even some long-term Christians, 
learn how to best read and study God's Word. So this episode was sparked when I was on a hike a few weeks ago, and I was listening to Sean McDowell's excellent Think Biblically podcast, and he suggested a Bible reading plan and strategy that I really hadn't considered before. Now, I do like his proposed Bible reading plan. I'm going to share it with you, but it was actually his rationale behind that plan that I found uh, actually quite so intriguing and compelling. On that particular episode of Think Biblically, and honestly, it's been... It may have been two or three months ago. I don't remember who he was interviewing. Dr. McDowell was kind of gently pushing back on his guest who had suggested a particular Bible reading plan that basically involved reading through the entire Bible in a year. McDowell agreed that going through the Bible in a year is a good approach. And of course, I agree with that too. But he proposed that it might not be the best approach to reading the Bible, at least for some time-challenged Christians. Instead, he suggested a fairly novel Bible reading strategy, which he unpacked in a uh, later blog post entitled, Christians Don't Read the Entire Bible. Now, that's a compelling title. In that post, this is what he writes. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just a section of it. Dr. McDowell says, One of the most common New Year's resolutions Christians make is to read the entire Bible for the year. In as little as 15 minutes a day, you can read both the Old and New Testament in one year. If the goal is primarily to get through the Bible in one year, this is a great plan. But why should that be our goal? Why should our scripture reading be about how much we read? There is undoubtedly value in daily scripture reading. My point is not to minimize this important discipline, but honestly, how much do people really retain after the Bible in a year plan? My suspicion is that it may be less than we think. We should have a different goal, says Dr. McDowell. Rather than focusing on quantity by aiming to get through the Bible entirely in a year, we should focus on quality. Here's the principle. Read less and remember more. Shouldn't our goal be to understand the depths of Scripture so it can pierce our lives? After all, Scripture is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, says Hebrews 4.12. If your goal is to really learn the Scriptures, then I challenge you to a more impactful plan for Bible reading this year. While you will not get through the whole entire Bible going this way, you will understand what you read in greater depth and remember it much longer. Here's the plan. Take one book of the New Testament and read it daily for an entire month, and then move on to a different book the next month. For longer books, like the Gospels or Romans, simply break them up into sections of six to eight chapters per day and read those same chapters every day for the entire month. Here's what such a plan might look like. And by the way, it takes roughly the same amount of daily Bible reading time as reading through the whole Bible in a year approach. For instance, in January, every day you would read Mark 1 through 8. Now, you might think you'd get bored of that, but of course, that's a uh, that's enough scripture there that it would be fresh every day. But every day, 1st through the 31st, you read Mark chapter 1 through Mark chapter 8. In February, every day you read Mark 9 through Mark 16. In September, skipping ahead, you would every day read the book of Colossians. In October, every day you would read the book of James. In November, every day you would read the book of 1 Peter. So by the end of November, say, you'd be saturated with the truths from 1 Peter because you'd read them 30 times. Dr. McDowell says this is only a suggested plan for how to break up your Bible reading in the year. Feel free to come up with your own. 
or to add a psalm or proverb each day too. What is the value of an approach like this? First, it's simple. All you need is a Bible and maybe 15 or 20 minutes per day. And if you miss a day, you won't get behind like you do in a Bible reading plan that is focused on reading through the entire Bible in a year. Second, it's effective. After reading each book repeatedly, you will start to notice patterns, themes, and ideas that are unique to each book of the Bible. It's virtually impossible to see these kind of themes when you move quickly through an individual book. Your understanding will deepen considerably as you come to, quote, own the scriptures by reading through them over and over again. Third, it's rewarding. Doesn't it feel great to make a personal observation of the scriptures that stem from your own reflection? If you read attentively and repetitively, this will happen regularly throughout the year. Fourth, it's biblical. The Bible doesn't teach merely to read it for the sake of reading it, but to study it for deeper understanding. For instance, see 2 Timothy 2.15 or Acts 17.11. Dr. McDowell says, I do hope you read the Bible this year, but rather than focusing on quantity, consider focusing on quality. It just might be a year to remember if you do that. Well, look, those are fascinating suggestions by Dr. McDowell. Since 2020 began a few years ago, I have personally in my life made it a habit to read through the Bible basically cover to cover at least once per year. This began in the early days of the pandemic. Actually, it began before the pandemic began in in January 1st, 2020. But uh, I really began to cling to it once things kicked up in March of that year. Our church got shut down. This unknown virus was wrecking havoc. Everybody was shook up and I needed the Word of God more than ever before. That first year in 2020, I went through the Bible on my own using a cover-to-cover approach while listening to the Max McLean Listener's Bible that I picked up on Audible.com. I also, as some of you remember, did a daily Bible podcast that year going through the Robert Murray McShane Bible reading plan, which does skip around a little bit, but basically takes you through the entire Bible by reading once through the whole Old Testament and the New Testament and Psalms twice. In 2021, I took a similar approach, engaging in daily Bible podcasting, but uh, in 2021, it was just one chapter per day per episode rather than around four chapters a day, and I still listened on my own through an audio Bible, uh, basically Genesis 1 through Revelation 22. This year, 2022, I'm doing the same thing, listening to the Bible, mostly at night when I walk, going from Genesis 1 through Revelation Revelation 22 for the third year in a row, God willing. Surprisingly, even though I have been in ministry for over two decades, 2020 was the first year that I actually stuck to a reading plan for 365 days straight. And it was also the first year in my life that I ever read the Bible from beginning to end. Uh, And I plan on doing that for the rest of my life. It was incredibly fruitful. It has become one of the most important things I do in my life, and it has been very beneficial spiritually. Reading through the Old Testament is essential to understanding the New Testament at its fullest, no doubt about that. I've read more of the Old Testament in the past three years, I'm pretty sure, than I did the previous 10 years before that. And I will note, again, far from wasted time, I would say that was time incredibly well spent. In fact, at the church I pastor now, Valley Baptist in Salinas, we are going through an extended uh, series on the book of Daniel, which is the first Old Testament book I've preached on in quite some time, uh, through the whole, every chapter, every verse, etc. This weekend, 
I was reflecting on how important the Old Testament is to understanding the New Testament. My wife and I went to a prayer and worship gathering with a group of pastors and church leaders in our area from a church association called the Great Commission Association of Southern Baptist Churches in California, and it was an amazing gathering. Uh, Somewhat more than half of the pastors and leaders there were Hispanic, so all of our singing and praying and teaching was in Spanish and English, bilingual, and our worship was led by this wonderful Hispanic worship team from Primera Baptist in San Jose, California. One thing I noticed that we kept singing about was the blood of Jesus and how He was the Lamb of God and how we've been washed clean by His blood. Well, think about those things. Think about that phrase, Lamb of God. When John the Baptist first saw Jesus in John 1.29, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Paul in 1 Corinthians 5.7 says, For Christ our Passover Lamb has been sacrificed. Well, you go to Revelation 5 verse 12, All the saints in heaven fall down and worship at the feet of Jesus. And the word says, they said with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. None of that makes sense without the context of the Old Testament, because honestly, the New Testament doesn't really help us understand how Jesus is the lamb or what that even means. I mean, it's kind of weird on its surface, if you tell a person who's never read the Bible before, hey, we worship Jesus the Lamb, what are they going to think? Are they going to think he's a literal lamb or what? And the old, the New Testament doesn't help us understand the importance of blood and the forgiveness of sins or really anything like that. We have to go to the Old Testament, to God's communications with Moses and things like that to even begin to understand how blood covers sin and how a lamb used to be sacrificed to cover the sins of the people. Apart from some passages, I guess, in the New Testament book of Hebrews, we won't really grasp how Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the world's sins without the Old Testament. So, the Old Testament is essential reading for Christians. Just like Paul says in Romans 15, 4, talking about the Old Testament, he says, Whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. But, do you know what percentage of the Bible is Old Testament versus New Testament? You might know that there are 66 books in the Bible, 39 are in the Old Testament, 27 are in the New Testament, and that should, on the surface at least, tell you that the Old Testament is slightly longer than the New Testament. But the fact is, the Old Testament is not merely a little longer, but a lot longer. When you break down the Bible word for word, there are almost 800,000 words in the King James Version of the Bible. The New Testament has a little over 180,000 words in it, but the Old Testament has over 600,000 words, which means that the New Testament makes up less than a quarter of the Bible, roughly 23%. Now, some of you are saying, hey, I didn't sign up for math in my Bible podcast. Don't worry. I've done all the calculations for you and we're almost done. But this is really important to grasp this. It's astonishing to me. I've always guesstimated that the Bible was roughly, I don't know, two-thirds Old Testament, one-third New Testament. But the fact of the matter is that greater than uh, three-quarters of the Bible is Old Testament and less than one quarter of the Bible is New Testament. That's a pretty big disparity. Well, why the math lesson? Because, and hear this, because it's very, very important in terms of practically studying the Word of God, 
If you read the Bible cover to cover in, in any given year, you will have spent more than three quarters of your Bible reading time in the Old Testament and less than one quarter of your time in the New Testament. So what's the problem with that? Well, it isn't exactly a problem, but it might be an issue, especially if you are a Christian, because you are not under the Old Covenant, but under the New Covenant. I want you to think through some verses here. Uh, I'm going to read a series of them, beginning with Romans chapter 6, verse 14. Paul says, For sin will not rule over you, because you are not under law, but under grace. Romans 7, verse 6. But now we have been released from the law, since we have died to what held us, so that we may serve in the new way of the Spirit, and not in the old letter of the law. Ephesians 2, 15. He made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations. Galatians 3.24, the law then was our guardian until Christ so that we could be justified by faith. But since that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Galatians 5.5, 5. Christ has liberated us to be free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Take note, I, Paul, tell you that if you get yourself circumcised, Christ will not benefit you at all. Again, I testify to every man who gets circumcised that he is obligated to keep the entire law. You who are trying to be justified by the law, the Old Testament law, are alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. And skip to Galatians 5, verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Hebrews seven eleven. If then perfection came through the Levitical priesthood, for under it people received the law, what further need was there for another priest to appear, said to be in the order of Melchizedek and not the order of Aaron? For when there is a change of the priesthood, there must be a change of the law as well. Skipping to verse 18, so the previous command is annulled because it is we it was weak and unprofitable, for the law perfected nothing, but a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. Well, these passages and many others in the New Testament tell us as Christians that we are not under the Old Testament law anymore. We are under a better hope, under Jesus, in an entirely new covenant. This does not nullify the Old Testament, but we've been released from the law, says Romans 7. We're not under the law, but under grace, says Romans 6. So here's the big question to consider today. Should we as Christians under the New Covenant slash New Testament spend over 75% of our Bible reading time in the Old Testament reading about the Old Covenant? Because, again, if you read through your Bible cover to cover or follow most through the Bible in a year Bible reading plans, you will be devoting less than 25% of your time to the New Testament, the gospel, the letters and teachings that are directly written to you as Christians. We must have the Old Testament. It's the word of God. And we mustn't seek to be unhitched from it, as some have said, but, and this is a big but, I don't believe we should be spending over 75% of our Bible reading time in the Old Testament. But rather, I propose, and look, there's no need to be dogmatic at all here, I propose that the ratio should be flipped. A Christian should spend 
roughly 75% of their Bible reading time in the New Testament and around, I don't know, 25% of their Bible reading time in the Old Testament. Now, obviously, I can't offer a specific Bible verse to justify this ratio. And, and just speaking very frankly, I don't even think anybody should even try to regulate their Bible reading time down to a percentage or anything silly like that. And yet, I think the principle is really important. I think it's quite important for a follower of Jesus to spend the obvious majority of their time in the New Testament rather than the Old Testament. And thus, I really do like Dr. McDowell's proposed Bible reading plan or one very similar to it, but I would simply recommend mixing in Old Testament books as well. So what do you think? What Bible reading plans have worked best for you? Let us know by contacting us through the website or leaving a comment on this post. And I hope you will be thinking about how you can best use your Bible reading time to consume the most truth and to uh, be drawn near to Jesus as you do that. Well, I appreciate you listening. I'd love to hear from you. So check out our website, deepquestionspod.com. You can contact us there. You can leave a comment on our posts or We're going to be posting these on Facebook and other social media places as well. So if you've got a question you'd like to cover, get it to us somehow, either through our webpage, deepquestionspod.com, or as a comment on one of these posts uh, or anything like that. We want to cover your questions. We want to interact with you. Thanks for listening. Good day to you and Godspeed.